Hello everyone and welcome to the latest uh, The Echoes Everton podcast. So me, Phil Kirkbride, Greg O'Keefe, Tony Scott and back with us is the Statman, Gav Buckland. Uh, welcome back, Gav, as well. Um, the obvious place to start is yesterday and, 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 and Howard's funeral at the Anglican. Um, Greg, it was, it was a, a moving, touching, but uplifting and, and heartwarming afternoon, wasn't it? It was, yeah. My dad was asking me what it was like. Yeah, he couldn't get down there yesterday. And it sounds weird to say it was... a enjoyable in parts and it was uplifting because it's obviously somebody's funeral and you know all the connotations and the reality of that but it was it, it you know there was laughter there was obviously lots of tears and ultimately I think we're all still devastated uh, Evertonians are still kind of having the news sink in had, like I say it hasn't properly sunk in for me I don't think until you know you'll just think of Howard and We've, we've said and we feel you know, we've both interviewed him every week for the column he did for the paper and it'll be as the season goes on and you'll think of things he, insights he would bring and things he'd say and that will sort of ram it home that mm. way but it was a perfect send off yesterday I thought it was no perfect I thought everyone did him proud the club his family and all those brilliant Evertonians who turned up at Goodison Park and turned up at the cathedral um, his ex-team you know his ex-teammates mm. his ex-players People like Wayne Rooney, Alex Ferguson, tremendous, uh, tremendous day in many ways, mm. and like as you wrote in your piece, just so terribly sad as well. Yeah, Gav, was was there a, a speaker or a story or a line that kind of stood out for you on, I, on the day? I think um, I haven't gone being a supporter in the mid eighties. You know, anything like that Peter Reid was talking about yeah, sprang yeah. through uh, for me personally uh, as a supporter. Um, you know, talking to lots of people. You know, when the news came about Howard, was that um, somebody who's given you like some of the most enjoyable days and nights of your life mm. has to be held in the, the highest regard. Yeah. And I think most supporters would say that about Howard. Um, and that that's so what Peter Reid was talking about yesterday, sort of recalling old games. And uh, you know, yeah. I remember being there at Stoke and so on. It sort of you know brought a bit of sadness, and that that's what you tend to do on. You tend to grieve for the past as much as Howard and, mm. and the times that have gone. Um, but what struck me though was was Howard has pulled off that thing that is very very rare of being enormously successful and enormously popular, popular at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Which is a very very uh, rare thing to do. Yeah. You can either be one or both. Uh, one one, one or the other. You can, it's very rare to yeah. be both. Yeah. And Howard pulled that off at the time. And you know, as he's got older, that that's still that's still true, and that was borne out, as you say, Greg, by the people that turned out yesterday, and all the, and let's face it, the, the kind words of uh, Liverpool fans and, and officials in the last fortnight, um, bears that out as well, and, and and I think that that for me, you know, the mid '80s thing that Peter Reid was talking about was was the thing that touched me the most. He was a true people's person, wasn't he? I've just bumped into a lad while I was coming here to to do the podcast and. You know, a lad I know from from um, way back in the day playing football, and just uh, he's from Entryway, and he used to work in a pub at Formby, and he said he knew Howard. You know, I didn't realise bigger at all. He said, "Oh, he knew Howard. Howard used to go in there the old Friday for for a drink and stuff." And he had not seen him for a couple of years, but he really kind of like warmed to him. Mm. And uh, obviously, he's big blue, the first initial reaction, you're starstruck and stuff. But getting to know the man behind the legend, if you like, just such a lovely person. And, and the lad was saying to me, he said, when he found out, he was in tears. Yeah. And you know, personally speaking, I don't think 
a death of somebody who I didn't particularly know very well. I knew him, I knew him professionally well, and I would certainly say an acquaintance, but you know, I wish, but we were far from like buzzing buddies, not in the way that you know, he is with people who obviously worked yeah, with day but, in, day out. Eerie, yeah. But it did hit me in a very emotional way, and I didn't think I would have the capacity to respond like that to someone who I only knew on that sort of level. But I think, as Gav says, because he was such a you know, it is a cliche and it is a bit sentimental, but it is a family a football club and supporters are. And when you lose someone like that, I think you're going to feel it across the board. So, I, I, as I said, I can only echo those sentiments from everyone. For me, I obviously the, the greatest manager in Everton's history, but I've seen a lot of lovely tributes this week. But there'd be one, I just think there'd be one great tribute if Everton pull off a trophy for him this season. I think that'll be excellent. And, I really hope he's doing it, especially for him and this generation of Everton fans as well. Staying on that theme, and obviously it's going to be difficult to move on from losing Howard, but the football club goes on and, and, and so does life. But was Howard watching down, you know, was fate proving a part on Tuesday night when Everton won a penalty shootout at Goodison for the first time since his playing days? You know, did, you know, is there some, was there something in the air, after, you know, in that respect? Did it feel kind of it was, it was bound to happen? I know the first half and, and it, it was a difficult game, but... You know, at the end, when we reflect on it in the week that we sort of say farewell to him, you know, we we, we win a penalty shootout for the first time in forty odd years. It's it? quite possible, isn't it? If, if you're going to win, as the luck of the draw, doesn't it? When it comes to penalties, because let's make no mistake about this, Everton were poor on the night. He really was, and I disagree with what Roberto Martinez said about the comments. It was, a, it was a classic cup tie and everything else that went with it. It was far from it. It was terrible from Everton yet again. We've seen them performances. But I do think there was one little bit of fate there. Howard was looking down on us for them penalties. And as I said, I can only hope that we um, bring that trophy on for them this, this season. We've managed to wake you up, Greg, from that first half because it was, it was like watching paint dry. What's your sort of assessment? Are you concerned by the way that you know that change team performed? Or are you, are you left thinking, you know what, it was a cup game, we got the job done, let's forget about it? You know, a couple of days have passed since that first half, since the scars of that first half are beginning to heal a little bit. And I can perhaps, you know, naturally with anything, you can look back on it with a little bit of hindsight and reflection and think it was a hugely changed team. Um, there were players in there who hadn't played a lot of football lately and naturally were slow. Um, and then players who are quite slow anyway. So that was compounding it. I'm thinking I'd like to Osman and, and um, obviously, you know, he is never going to be at the pace from the off. Uh, unless he's playing games week in, week out. He hasn't done that for a long time. So he struggled. I thought he naturally struggled. Darren Gibson was very one-paced. So when you take all that into effect, the amount of changes, it's understandable maybe it was disjointed. I still think it was disappointing. I've never seen a game between two top-level teams like that where the ball was just getting passed into touch. They could barely find someone in the same shirt. I was like, what yeah. kind of gavel? Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, they need to touch like a game of rugby league, weren't they? I it, mean, was it, was, it was unreal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what I would say, and this is no way an excuse for Tuesday, but um, a lot of Premier League games are like that. I mean, it's, it's the, the overall quality of the Premier League, and you've seen by how the successful or lack of success that we've had in Europe over the last couple of years, a lot, you know, there's an absence in the quality of the Premier League, full stop for me. Um, and that, that's reflected, say, the, you saw the Manchester Derby on yeah. on Sunday with two of the better teams in the country. Uh, and so we, we need to take that into account. I, I, I'm with the get the job done within the next round. I'd rather, I'd rather have that than play really well and go, go out. That's true, yeah. True, um, yeah. And it's good to win, as you say, a penalty shootout, which um, 
psychologically it's not the worst thing to happen during the cup uh, cup run. Um, but I think there's there's much work to be done. What what worries me at the moment a little bit is generally our home form. Um, in that, I think if you have a look, the last 27 domestic home games we've won eight. Out of the last 27 home games, you flipped that on its head from like 18 months ago yeah. when Fortress Goodison was back, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, they weren't yeah. losing games in L4. Yeah. Do you feel maybe then? I know it's all kind of metaphorical and, and symbolic and stuff, but you know the way the Gladys Street responded at the penalty shootout. Do you almost feel maybe it could be a turning point in that in that respect in that regard? Because as Gav said, that's starting. I think is it won one of the last eight at home yeah, or something like yeah. that you know I'd like to think so from like you know a little inauspicious moment like that when maybe something special can start and like Tony says something special would undoubtedly undoubtedly be a cup you know a long overdue trophy and, and especially given the circumstances of losing Howard that would be a really special thing to achieve this season so who knows maybe in years to come we'll talk about that mm turgid first half and then that hopefully we'll be talking about that first half again well, well you know I mean, people talk about the, the Oxford game don't they and it yeah. wasn't very good and whatever but maybe we'll look back on and again look I just shot optimism here but mm. you win one trophy and all of a sudden that's the hardest mm. thing which I heard said yesterday yeah. sometimes your first trophy is the hardest who knows what you do know is that they can't really afford to be that bad at Middlesbrough and they can't afford to be certain if they can get into this you know beyond that semi-finals I don't think they can afford to be that bad again so it's going to be something to soak up. It was interesting, Phil, when me and you were chatting about the draw. The first thing we said was, uh, it might not be the end of the world going no. away from Goodison. I don't think so. No. I don't think At so. At the moment. I just, I just feel that in that sort of situation where it's it's the one-off game, you've got it, it's decided on the night, you've got to go You've got to go and win somehow, whether that's you know, normal time, full-time, or uh, extra time or penalties. You, you've got to get the result. If it's not going your way at Goodison after 70 minutes against a championship team, I wouldn't really want to be there, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't yeah. be on because it could get edgy. Yeah. We all know what it can get like. I just feel away from home would suit us better. And I was actually quite pleased with that drawing minute. Can I, how, why do you think that atmosphere is what it's like at the moment? Because it's, it's been poor for a while at home. I could just it has been, I, given, it has give been, or take the odd occasion. The odd, the odd game, Chelsea at home. Chelsea. For me, last season, that, yeah. it's been poor. It's rare though, I agree. It, it's very rare. It's, it's been poor, the, the atmosphere. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I was, I was going to ask, I was going to put that out myself. I don't know, really. Is it the style of football now Everton's are becoming... I knew you'd say that. It, it, for me, it is. It's it's not an up and arm type of football, is it? It's 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 boring the life out of fans, to be honest. This type of football for me. And what isn't helping and, and I made a good point before is that when Everton's the three behind Rom, it's chop and change every week. We haven't got a settled yeah, side. A it's yeah. I've yet to see Barkley or Delafeu or Lennon or Nate Smith. These the different players. In this three all the time. You're looking for some stability then. I think he's named the same starting eleven once or maybe twice this season. Which yeah, I think so. I think he's changed every. Sometimes that's been forced injuries. Yeah. He's had yeah. a lot of injuries, and sometimes form. I think maybe has has contributed to that. But I disagree with that, Phil, because of the goalkeeper situation we ran. Well, okay, but that's maybe the exception then. Yeah. Um, he couldn't last, could he? <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't but, stop it. You know, in terms of outfield players, then maybe form has dictated. You know, De La Feu is brilliant at West Brom. But then he's poor against Liverpool, so he has to come out. You know what I mean? It's that, yeah, I know. Is that where is that where Everton are at though at the minute with these with the players with potential, but not consistency? Is that why? Yeah, I think it's the blend. I think that that blend behind Lukaku has been the problem for the last sort of since the start of last season. As you say, Tony quite rightly 
there's not been a settled three mm. really behind um, uh, the striker, and I think once you one, if you don't have that, you don't get cohesion, you don't mm. get a pattern of play. And to me, I think one of the reasons why it is a bit flat is we do appear to have dropped the pace a little bit since the first season under uh, Roberto, and also like not getting off to fast starts, mm. which I think was we always look far more effective when we're, we're pacey yeah. from the start of the game. And I think that you get gain a bit of momentum and, and the crowd uh, gets up a little bit. And I think part of that problem is not playing a settled team and people got to get used to playing with each other. And, and, and I think uh, there's a number of factors there, but it has been like that hasn't for, for a while. To be fair, it was like that under the previous manager for, for quite long, even when we were finishing fifth. It, 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 I don't think it's just necessarily the problem of the last 18 months. I think it's probably been going back over a number of years. Do you think it's, the, it's those games where everyone are expected to win? It's a weird, yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not United's, your Chelsea's, yeah. where everybody's yeah. up for it. Mm. It's your Norwich. It's a weird it's pattern. Yeah. Yeah. This, this might resonate with you, with you all. Listen to this. So the game will kick off. Everton will start quite quickly. Mm. They'll look promising for a five, ten minute spell, but it won't just won't quite come off. Mm. Then it'll drop. The yeah. pace will drop. Mm. Yeah. The passing will get slower. Yeah. The crowd will begin to murmur a little bit. The opposition will have a go. Yeah. There might be a few flutters. They might score, they might not. Then you're going into half-time and it's turgid. The passing's really slow. People are getting bored. Second half will start. Everton might pick it up again. They might score, they might not. And it seems to be in phases of play. You've just described Different... Watford at home. Well, but, yeah, 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 Watford yeah. at home for me, exactly. But for me, that's been a consistent sort of theme. Mm, yeah. Up, down, up, down. Like, they'll start all right. The, the, the slow start's a little bit misleading because they don't start really poorly from mm. the first whistle. They very quickly get lulled into for me. Yeah. Do you think that's down stuff? to the formation, the players, or the manager, or a bit of everything? Well, we spoke, haven't we, about a manager who's able to motivate players in the past? But we spoke about that last week. Uh, I, I don't just think the players have got to take more responsibility. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Phil's right there. But then equally, we don't know what they're getting told, how specifically they're being told to play. If it's very, very controlled, if they're not being given room to. You know, change things up and be a little bit flexible and dynamic. I, I don't know. I'm not, obviously not in yeah, that dressing. Yeah, I think also as well um, is the is the two, is the playing of the two ostensibly defensive players mm. in front of the back four, which you probably need when you're playing Chelsea or Arsenal mm. or mm. Manchester United. But when you're playing Sunderland, yeah, at home, yeah. You two being texting no, each no, other. No, 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 no. to say on this. You know, just as an example, it's, I mean, because we know Gareth Barry's not going to be box to box, and, and you know, for me, as I said before, the jury's still a little bit out for me and James McCarthy. I think he's good at covering, you know, and, and, and putting a protective shield in front of the back four. But against the sort of so-called weaker teams at home, whether he's got the game to, with, with when well, he's got the defense, ball yeah. and to, to get in around the opposition box. And I think because they're so defensively minded, you need one of them up the pitch, don't you, as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got three and three behind the car, but we need somebody else up the pitch against. So you almost see a four-one, four-one. Yeah, one, yeah, maybe yeah. On Sunday, get more bodies. Yeah, in and, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And I think that's what you need because if history in the past two games gets someone tell us anything, it will be that Everton are going to have all the ball, all the ball. Yeah, yeah. Almost all of it. Aren't Sam Allardyce or something. They're yeah. just going to yeah. sit in. A point for them is yeah. amazing. Yeah, let's be having it right. So it's going to be a situation like it was on Boxing Day two seasons ago. Obviously, we lost Howerton sending off, but we absolutely battered them. Mm. Then last season, we absolutely battered them, in losing 2-0. Yeah. It'll just be the same thing again, but hopefully we'll be able to take the chances. But that all comes back to atmosphere, patience, 
the relationship between the crowd and the players, if they can see that something's going to happen but realise it's going to take time because suddenly they've got 10 men behind the ball. You know what I mean? I think it's, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out. It's yeah. interesting to see what the fan base is going to be towards the goalkeeper as well because I know we've, we've gone on about this enough but what I don't want to see as much as it, I dislike him being in goal at the moment but I don't want to see him getting booed to Mowers because I hope no. to God he won't but it wouldn't surprise me at all because it you've seen yourself me. on social media the clamour for him not to play in this yeah, but he's got. But well, Phil, I'm not being funny. Yeah, if no, he no, makes one, even one minute mistake on Sunday, no, the what, fans are going to be straight well, booed, on his back. They booed when he took Kone off because it was an Osman. Yeah. Against Norwich, they yeah. booed that change. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me. And I've never seen a clamour like this for a goalkeeper not to play football and for Joel to so play. I agree. It's short, it's short, short, it might as you say be massively unhelpful. Yeah. He's named on Sunday. Just get behind him. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously, yeah. but that's the concern is that the yeah. fans yeah. take yeah. to that. Well, he's got to deal with that, hasn't he? He's dealt with a lot of flack in the last 18 months. He's just got to be big enough to handle it. I'm yeah. not saying it should happen. I don't think it should happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't think it should happen. And also, as well, as we well know, what people put in print is not necessarily the, the way they act. Yeah. You mm. know, when, when it gets to the, the, the actual situation, does it? Um, I, I just think that, you know, defensively as well, I mean, with Jags, especially now, um, sort of being out for, for two months. Um, we, we've shipped a few, you know, though Tim's had it, and we don't go over over all ground, though Tim's had a bit of stick, you know, if you have a replay those two goals against Arsenal last week, you know, the first goal comes from across on the on their right hand side, and they've got two two against one, haven't they? Where Lennon's the the left back, yeah. they then float in, and then as you know, as you do get in between the, the two yeah. the two defenders, um, you see the second goal. Though Howard again gets stick, see how it happens. John Stones comes out of defence. We just conceded the goal. The one thing we don't want to do is concede another. Gets caught in yeah, possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben really should just just get the ball up the pitch. You know, relieve the pressure a little bit. Gets caught in possession. That they get the ball back, and that causes the foul from which from the cross. Again, dead player gets in between our two defenders, and then how? But how was the one who gets mm. the stick? When actually, if you look at the two goals again, if you defended them yeah. properly then we would never have put the goalkeeper in a vulnerable position. And I think we need to remember that. I think it does, that it's that whole area of the pitch which is a little bit of concern for me at the moment, not just not just the keeper. And that's being exacerbated by the fact that now Jags is out for two months. It looks like Seamus may be doubtful for tomorrow. Sorry, for uh, for Sunday. Um, and I think, rather than pay, I think one person has taken a little bit too much stick at the moment when there's actually a few players in that area of the pitch who need to be it's looking at themselves and saying I'm not performing to the best mm. of my ability um, and that includes Stones and like I think Seamus struggled in the, against Manchester United so we just need to spread, I don't want to say spread the pain but actually look at everybody at the yeah. moment mm. uh, not just one player yeah. interesting I mean as you mentioned Seamus just come on to sort of a bit of team he's just got a stomach bug and he's, he's sort of a major doubt um, for Sunday. Now, given that we're trying to break Tony, we're going to try and break someone down to make them and sit in. Overlapping fullbacks, you would assume, would be important. Now, young Tyus Brown has done very well when he's coming, and he's he's defended as well as anybody in those games. But he even admitted himself, he's not got the confidence so far to go forward and, and, and be an attacking fullback. Do you think he has to? come out of his shell almost on Sunday because otherwise 
the game can become very lopsided, and we just go down the left, and it becomes easy to defend. Well, to be, I can understand that theory of um, Tyus trying to go forwards a lot, but as I said, with him only playing, a, not, he's not hasn't played for many games, has he? And you can see his confidence is lacking going forwards in that area. To be fair, Brenton Galloway, he's he doesn't go flying forwards, does he? He's a good solid. We've got great defenders, one on one, not many get past them. But we, I think we're really going to struggle to break them down. My concern, obviously, even on the offensive, my concern is Sunderland's, and we know what Sam Allardyce is going to be like. He's going to be throwing balls in the box and set pieces. And this season, it's been a massive concern of mine. Everton, not just, obviously, not scoring from set pieces, but conceding them. Because mm. every time there's a cross in the box, and as Gav touched on there, as a whole defensive unit, Everton are struggling from set pieces big time this season. And this is what Sam Allardyce will be planning on all this week. You'll have watched Everton this season. And all this week in training, he'll be planning on, listen, boys, get balls in the box, fletch it in the air. We've got some big lads in there as well. And that's where I can see Sunderland getting some joy. So I can understand your theory about the overlapping full-backs, but we're going to have to think of something else to try and to get past Sunderland. They're going to be really difficult to break down. It's, it's going to be tough. It's not easy, this one, you know. Don't forget, though, we've... Got Ross Barkley, Dale Feu, now they both came on him, uh, you know, in the cup and obviously Ross didn't do much, mm. Dale Feu a bit better, but certainly when he initially came on and what have you. But they're both players who should be, you know, able to break down something, should be able to really take the game by the scruff of the neck and add that little bit of dynamism. So I'm hopeful that Ross will get back the form he was at before the international break. If you like, it's going to be quite difficult if Sunderland have got 10 men behind the ball and just leaving Fletcher up front. It's going to be difficult to break that we, kind of formation down, isn't it? That challenge has been put in front of us for two seasons, if not before that, so I don't think it's anything new. And they're the, not the only team that's come and tried to do it, so mm. I don't really think there's any excuse now. I think we should do. I think we yeah. break them down. One thing it's touched on before, you know, the players who are playing behind one, there hasn't been any consistency behind them, is the, the three behind them. That's not helping Ron in, in, in my debate. I just think it, he's playing behind Naismith one week, he's playing Barclays, further forwards, he's not playing with settled wingers, Elefeu, Morales, Lennon. That's not helping him. He's gone on a goal zone lately, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has a bit yeah. by his standards. Yeah, he tends to get drawn that therefore into strange areas of the pitch, doesn't mm. he? It was like the the goal on Saturday. It was, it was interesting when we broke out. Like Ron was on the the right wing, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Where Barkley had, you know, there was nobody in front of Ross when he did. I thought, okay, he got lucky with the goal, but he did really well carrying the ball 40, 50 yards with mm. four or five plays yeah, yeah. Uh, by him. And he, sometimes you have a look when he, did Ben Tony's point out, Rommel received the ball sometimes, say, by the touchline, say, by the, the dugout. And you look inside at the centre of the pitch and there's nobody there. Yeah. 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 There's no you know, one there. There's no, no one there because, as you say, you know, it depends on the blends of the three you play I behind. I hate I, seeing the centre forward taking the, the yeah, ball there. Though. Yeah, mm. and I know that, and that's that's the point. That's great if somebody's got a couple of people bursting through, but sometimes it's a that pace thing again. And I think if he's going to play in that position, I think he just just stay in the middle. So that brings us no. naturally on then. Who, assuming we all agree that Dale Fay should play on the right, who plays on the left? Is it a toss up between? Naismith and Kone, or you think Morales should play? I mean, I, in my team selected for the FA website, I put Naismith, but I could see the argument for Kone, you, you know, given the fact that he's more of a natural striker, so you would say that Ron would be more inclined to stay with him because he knows he's got support. Well, my, my point on this, I think I mentioned this on the last uh, podcast that was on, was that I'd always play Barkley by Ron just behind him. Yeah. I, I'd fill in that gap between like their midfield and, and the opposition. Mm. 
uh, defence. I'd play Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd play him there. Um, and then, I don't know what's happening with Morales at the moment. It's sort of, it's sort of a bit in and out. And, yeah. uh, and I'm not sure on the left. Um, Close inside, we've seen. Yeah, I, I, left, think, yeah. My argument for not play, playing Morales on Sunday is he's a player that Martinez has gone on public and said he thrives in space. There isn't going to be much of that on, sun, on Sunday, is there? Yeah. You're right, he's when you're playing a camp, when, when you're set up to play counter attack and yeah, yeah. the team. Stretch his legs. Possibly yeah. not when it's uh, against two so, tight so That's why maybe an AZ, I mean, you're a big fan of AZ, Tony. Mm. That's maybe where he comes in, you know, a little schemer in between the lines, link up play, that's maybe where he can come to, into his own. I'd, I I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Stephen Lee Smith here and push further forwards. For me, he's, he's no good on either wing. If you throw him on the left or the right, I know he's not a winger, but if you throw him on the left or the right, he's not getting the best out of no. him. No. Um, for me, he's straight behind Rom. He's the best finisher at the club, for me, Stephen Naismith. Um, it'd be interesting that your take on this, Phil. Do you think Roberto Martinez would ever, especially when we're playing against the Sunderland or the team who's just going to come and sit and defend, is there a need for two defensive midfielders? I know we touched upon it before. Yeah, well, I don't is there a need no. for a James McCarthy? And a Gareth Barry. Well, as I said, I, I think you can still play both of them from the start, but I think you played Nation yeah. 4 yeah. 1 4 1. Because yeah. if you go back to the Manchester United game last season, he almost played that formation a little bit. Yeah. That's why James, he got forward and scored. Yeah, fair, so yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't, you know, he, I would imagine that might be part of the plan on Sunday. You know, get him an extra body, make yeah. it for him in the field. And mm. even if he's just, he's the one that's pressing a bit higher and winning it back. For the other three, and then yeah. wrong. You know, yeah. it's just an extra body, isn't it? Well, what this points to me, and I think I think he did a piece on this a couple of weeks ago, is the one player we've not really adequately replaced is Pino. Mm. Yeah. You know that 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 role on the wide left and that attacking threat of Pino and Beans. Yeah. Everybody knew it was always going to happen every game, including the opposition. Yeah. But I always seemed to work. Yeah. You know, or if it didn't work, it frees up space inside and. Pienaar's a, he looks a far better player out of the team mm. <laughs> as a result. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I just don't think we've ever yeah. replaced that that mm. that natural width on the left that he given and also tracking back. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's maybe one of the reasons I'd keep on shopping and changing. Uh, and uh, I think it's it's to be interesting to see what the lineup is on the mm. on Sunday for for that reason. You know, it looks like. Giddy's finished, doesn't it? it? It doesn't look like he has got a long-term future at the moment, does it? it, it come, uh, I was defending him at the start of the season as well. I thought, give him a chance. Let's see if he's got a good... Is it was his first pre-season with us this season? or no. He has a good full tilt. He has second, a good pre-season. Second, second, yeah. yeah. was willing to give him a chance. And we seen him at Barnsley, didn't he? And he, he didn't pull up any tees. He looked overweight. He, just, it's hard to defend him, really, isn't it? The thing is, he's so frustrating because, you know... Last season he came on against West Ham, mm. and he provided the assist for the winning goal for Rom. That's what he's capable yeah. of. Great yeah. Getting yeah. to the byline, yeah. just, he just—it was perfect. Great ball. Yeah. And you've seen him do that a few times, but it's been fits and spurts, and never consistently. And he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, he'll do that, and then the manager will go right. You're going to start, and then he'll do nothing. Yeah. It must be so frustrating for him. Mm. Yeah. So I think it'd be an interesting lineup. Um, I mean. I, do other players like to mention, but a couple of players from I think Funes Mori. I think to be honest with these players, what was he three or four games? Yeah, yeah. he settled. Like, he's well. settled, yeah. settled in very well, considering he's yeah. relatively young and he's come from South America. Mm. Um, he, he looks 
you know, he's quietly come under the radar into the team. He looked, he looked, yeah. yeah. It's not on two minutes then. Yeah. He, was sat, he was sat a couple of rows to our right in the cathedral. And just seeing it when I saw him take his seat, I just thought, like, the centre back or strikers who are just eating for breakfast physically. Yeah. Well, I know it's these days the top level, it's not about necessarily about brawn mm. or power. But uh, it's funny, you, you see how young he is, really, and how good he must be. Despite his lack of physical presence, really, he's very tall. Yeah. But to the very, very slight. He's already yeah. settled in, yeah. 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 I mean, you can't be so good South American defender, really, knows that. You know, Uruguay and other defenders. Just, you know, and I think. Yeah. Another player, I think, I think I mentioned it yesterday, is, was Oviedo. You know, we have got a lot of good options. That, you know, mm. we, we bemoan, like, the natural, well, the absence of a natural left hand side player, but in terms of left, Left backs, you know, we could fill a five side team, couldn't <laughs> yeah, we? Yeah. We'd have a Champions League standard five side team, as yeah. I would say, for left back. And like, I, I like Oviedo as well, you know. Um, do you, I thought do you ever excellent. play him further forward? So we had you know, everybody be, fit. Yeah. Do you play him wide left? I don't know. Uh, that, I think he, he has done that more, I think maybe one, one or two games, yes. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the only thing there is if you're a full back. You'd always got to play in front of you, haven't you, yeah, all the time? Yeah, yeah. If you're playing wide left, then you, you, it's not in your natural position. It's out, out to that when the ball's being played into your feet. Do you remember Baines? Moyes played Baines wide left a couple of times. Yeah, for yeah. Reason. It just Didn't wasn't the same player. Yeah. yeah. It? Um, it's a di- you know, your, your perspective on the game changes, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. And so it's slightly, it's a slightly different thing to do. So it's always an option. But I just thought I'd say, you know, that I thought he played. I'd, you know, played well on Tuesday, and it was the first time since that horrific injury that I first looked him for. He looks like the player he was before he got injured. Yeah. You know, but, but you know, scoring the winning goal at Old Trafford and so on and so forth. He really looked, you know, a great replacement for Baines. So I think that gives us another option. You know, what he does do, Gav, as well for me, Oviedo, he has a go at goal. Yeah, he, and and he forces good saves out of goalkeepers. Like obviously there was his famous goal against United, right place, right time, um, rather than a spectacular goal. Last season at Old Trafford, yeah. it wasn't for the hair that was going in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He, forced, he, he presented a brilliant chance for Ross that unfortunately ended up almost <laughs> taking out an easy jet flight on, yeah. <laughs> on the way to Benetton. But either way, yeah. he'll have a go and he's got a very accurate, yeah. powerful shot. And I, I do like Oviedo, but the trouble for me is that he's, his injury record, he's just he's, he's picking up niggling injuries all the time for me. He's, you can never say to him, did this six games, let's see what you're made of. He's just constantly, constantly injured. And sometimes I literally just forget about him <laughs> because of that. Yeah, he's yeah. just never, ever fit. So it'll be interesting to see, as I said, he's fully fit from the game on during the week. Let's see if he can get a good run of games under his belt. Absolutely. So we've uh, we've bored you enough now, so we'll wrap it up with predictions. Gav, your prediction for Sunday? Well, seeing I've got all my stats wrong <laughs> last time, I was, what I would say, what an interesting stat though is, um, I know there's a few moans and groans at the moment, but we have had a tough start this season. Yeah. We've uh, played uh, last season's top eight, um, and uh, we've got three more points this season from those eight fixtures than what we had than okay. the same eight fixtures last season. So we've improved yeah, so by three, three points. Three points. <laughs> so let's bear that in mind. So I'm. What I would say is uh, we hopefully reverse last season's results against Sunderland and we'll go for a win. I think the debut was 2-0 last year. 2-0, yeah. I'll go for a 2-11 win. So? I can see it being really tight. It's going to be one of them games where you're going to have to be patient, isn't it? Um, 2-1, Everton, just. 
you think we'll concede from a set yeah, piece? Yeah, as per yeah, I think we'll definitely concede from a set piece. Yeah, yeah. good. I think they win one nil. I think Tim, Tim had a lot of storm. <laughs> <laughs> Several brilliant saves. No, sarcasm aside, I think they'll. I think they'll win. I really, really hope. And obviously, I've got a feeling they might just end a difficult week on a high note. One 0 Phil. Yeah, I think they'll win two 0 I think they'll finally, finally get over this kind of Sunderland hoodoo that they've got at the minute. But yeah, two 0 Who's going to make the difference? One last push on you. Who's going to make the difference? Dale Fayou. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, hopefully, we're we're all right in some capacity. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Ik omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.